Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. morning everybody. Merry Christmas. You know out of all of the I think is it 15 or 16 years I've been a pastor I've only experienced Christmas twice on Sabbath so this is something new. Um, I am very excited for this day we're going to be trying a couple of things. Today it's going to be uh, requiring a little bit of audience participation is that okay? A couple of you are okay with that. <laughs> All right. So um, before we begin, I want to make sure, as you were coming in, did you all get a three-by-five card? Okay. If you did not, uh, Brother Tomas, he has cards. And if you need a pen, uh, if you absolutely need a pen, please uh, make sure you get that. Because I want you to write a couple things down, not now, but later. And also, um, we're going to be uh, participating in communion today. So we got a lot to do. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful. And, and thank you as well. Uh, it just warms my heart as a pastor that, number one, you're all here when you could easily be in bed, especially on a nice rainy day. Is there anything better than just lying down in your nice bed with a blanket on top of you and your... Uh, your nice pillow. Hopefully it's a nice pillow. Um, one of the most comfortable things that I know that I can experience. But yet you're all here. Bless you. For those of you who are joining us today, maybe you're watching from your bed. I'm going to consider yourself I'm a little jealous of you right now. Um, but today is an amazing day. Let's go ahead, begin with prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come together today on this special day to dive into the word, Lord, to look at uh, your story, how it can apply to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, there was a famous Scotch writer, uh, Joe Bertone, recounts the story. I may have even mentioned it before, but it's very applicable today. So Scotch writer Thomas Carlyle, also a historian in the 19th century, so he's a little older. Some of you may not know who he is. But he was married to a woman whose name was Jane Welsh. They were actually both writers. She, however, she focused more on writing letters. She could write a really good letter. Um, the, the, the problem, though, is Thomas was so dedicated to his writing that, quite frankly, in many respects, he ignored her throughout their marriage, which is very sad. Um, I did some more research, and apparently they, they were a little bit of a quarrelsome bunch, those two. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's sad to see, though, as time went on, she, you know, she was so faithful to him. She would actually go around the neighborhood and tell people to be quiet so that he could focus on his writing. If there was a dog or a crow or another person being loud, she'd go out and, I don't know if it was polite or not, but basically ask them to be quiet so he could be so dedicated to his writing. Sadly, 
at the age of, I believe she was 39 or 40 years old. She had uh, what was either a heart attack or a stroke and eventually passed away. She was taken to the cemetery. She was buried, how ironic, in pouring rain. This is England, or Scotland, I should say. Rather depressing. After the funeral, Carlisle went back home. He went upstairs to Jane's room, and he sat down in the chair next to her bed, thinking about their relationship, their life together that was no more. And he thought about how little time he had spent with her, wishing that he could have done things differently. If only. If only. And as he looked down, he saw that her diary was on the bed, next, uh, beside the bed, I should say. And he picked it up, and he began to read it. And as he read this diary, he became very shocked and surprised at what she had written. On one page, she wrote, Yesterday he spent an hour with me, and it was like heaven. I love him so. As a husband, you know, normally it's like, oh, that's awesome. But now she was gone. And suddenly Carlisle, it hit him like a, a lightning bolt. Something that he had not realized was that he'd been so busy, he never really noticed how much he meant to her. He thought of all the times that he would rather go work right, 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 because he needed to maybe make a deadline or he just was so passionate. And Jane basically was put on the back burner. He continued to read and hear his heart broke even further. In fact, she also writes, I listened all day to hear his steps in the hall, but now it's late and I guess he won't come today. And as he continued to read, he threw the book beside. He ran out of the house and some of his friends, eventually they found him at her graveside. And when they came upon him, they realized that he had been crying, tears simply just rolling down his cheeks. And over and over and over again, he realized, well, he not realized, he kept saying, he kept repeating this phrase, if only, if only, if only, if only I had known, if only. It's too late. Jane was gone. He lived another 15 years, but it was a 15 years of essentially trying to stay away from people, essentially becoming a recluse, becoming weary, becoming bored. One of the lessons that we can take from this story is two words, if only. Regret. He could have done things differently. If only he had looked or tried or did something different, what would the outcome have been? Have you ever experienced regret? Have you ever experienced something that maybe you did or didn't even realize that perhaps caused great harm to somebody else or missed opportunities, never taking a chance? 
As we draw to the end, close to the end of the year, I look back on 2021. I think, you know, going into 2021, did it seem like it would be a little more positive? A little bit, right? Then a challenging year, though. Um, a lot of ups and downs, at least for me, but yet, sorry about that. Okay, hopefully that doesn't do it again. But I, I take a lot of great things. I mean, the fact that I'm so grateful is, again, we're all here together, right? And as much as I loved recording at Bill's house, that was awesome. Um, Bill secretly misses it too. <laughs> um, you know, and one of the reasons why is because I actually, in some ways we recorded on Fridays, I got to experience Sabbath with you all. Not that I enjoyed watching myself, but doing Sabbath school, it was just, it was a nice break. And then coming back, um, but it's also, I'm so grateful to be able to be here. It's one of the great things that I've been able to experience. I think in all of our lives, so whether it's personal or professional, you know, we've, we've had high moments and we've also experienced low moments. I'd like to go to the book of John, chapter 1. John, chapter 1. John 1. And I know we've talked a little bit about it, but I want to just extrapolate a couple of things. So, John 1. Here, a few more pages turning. Well, there? All right. In the beginning was what? The word or the lagos in the Greek. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Does this sound familiar? Is there anything that is kind of trying to point to? Genesis, right? In the beginning, God created. So John is being intentional here. He's, he's hearkening back to a time, going back to creation. This word was in the beginning. And in verse 3, it says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The word, as we know, is Jesus. Jesus literally made and spoke everything to existence. And I love here in verse 4, In him was what? Life. The Greek word zoe means life. Everybody say zoe. All right. Very good. Sounds good. In him was life, and that life was the light. Everybody say phos. Phos. That's the Greek for, for light. Life means light. In the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you've been paying attention, if you've been watching our weekly videos on YouTube, I've been talking about light the last couple of weeks, especially in December. Light. Why is light important? We can see. All right. How many of you parents have ever walked into your child's room and there was a Lego grenade in the middle of the room and you stepped on it and you had no shoes or slippers on? Felt great, didn't it? How about little Jacks? Do they even sell jacks anymore, or is that just one of those things? No? You can't find it? Probably a good thing. <laughs> you ever stand, step on one of those accidentally? No bueno, right? 
So light is essential for being able to see. What, what else is important about light? Good for our, it's good for our health. Get a little vitamin D, right? Doctors tell me. And what? And it makes the plants grow. So light is essential for life. And I think there's, there's a lot of uh, things that we can take from this in that Jesus, he is the life, but yet he's also the light. And, and, and so Jesus can shed light can show the path, but literally in Jesus, there is life. Amen? Amen? So light is necessary for health. It actually helps us to know when to go to bed or when we should go to bed, not that we necessarily go to bed. But the light also exposes and reveals what's behind the darkness, shows what, how we can avoid when we're driving or when we're walking, avoiding that pothole, that rock, or that branch that's about to whack you in the face. And so John, John is talking about Jesus as light. And so in, in John 1, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah. This was the same John. John was Jesus' cousin. And he was sent before to talk about and show and share that Jesus is coming. And he came as a witness testifying concerning that light so that he that through him all might believe in verse 8. He says, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. I love it because it, when it connects to Luke uh, chapter 1, we see here that there's this correlation. This isn't just some random act. It's helping the Bible to be able to, uh, we can look at it as a source of strength and confidence. And in verse 9 here, it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the word did not recognize him. You know, I just, one of the questions that I got to ask, you know, is Jesus, who made everything and had been told that he was coming, yet the people couldn't understand or recognize him. Some of them did, and some of them also didn't want him to come around. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. In verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We're not just somebody walking the earth. We have the opportunity to become the children of God, to be a son or a daughter of the great king of the world. And so Jesus enters this world, enters life as the light and brings light. In fact, in verse 14 now, okay, this is something I don't want to, I want to focus on. The word became flesh made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of what? Grace and truth. When I think about glory, I just think about this majestic, uh, majestic entrance full of fireworks and flames, even though it wasn't like that. But yet Jesus comes in glory. And actually, Jesus' existence here, very existence here on earth, Became was started out very humbly, right? Jesus wasn't born at the Ritz Carlton or Cedar Sinai. 
born in a main, born in a, and laid in a manger. Not very high profile. And I love this because nobody could ever say that they have an excuse. God comes into the world at the lowest level possible, full of human humility. And yet, kind of going back, we see that Jesus was misunderstood. He was rejected by his own people. This was not the way that Jesus was supposed to come into the world because the kingdom was supposed to be here. We would take, he would take over and everything would be great. But that's not, God, that's not God's plan. <clears throat> Sometimes I think we look back and, and we wish things could be different. We expect things to go a certain way and they don't. Recognizing that we cannot change the past. Anybody ever tried to change the past and they were successful? No. You can't, but you can change how you move forward. We cannot change the past, but we can change the way that we move forward. And so one of the things I want you to do is you have your, your five, three by five card. I want you to write two things that I want you to surrender to God. What are two things um, maybe that in this last year that you have experienced that you'd like to give to God? Whatever it may be. I'm not going to take it and read it so I know everything about you. I'm not going to do that. What we're going to do, though, is eventually we're going to place it here in this uh, little box. But I want you, to, want you to write down anything. What are two things that you would like to surrender to God? Oswald Chambers writes, Our yesterdays present irreparable things to us. It is true that we have lost opportunities which will never return, but God can transform this destructive anxiety into a constructive thoughtfulness for the future. Let the past sleep, but let it sleep on the bosom of Christ. Leave the irreparable past in his hands and step out into the irresistible future with him. The beautiful thing is that right now today, we can choose to say, okay, my past is my past. <laughs> Number one, let's learn from it of what not to do in the future. But know that there is hope and confidence in God moving forward. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be easy after that, though. But sometimes our past sometimes tends to catch up with us but it doesn't have to define us. In Christ, we can become God's children and have a new life in Christ. And so <clears throat> one of the last things, I don't know who said it though, but your Redeemer is bigger than your past. Your Redeemer is bigger than your past. Today, we're going to do a couple of things that I, I hope that as we do this, it will help you to see and, and to remember. Now, we're going to participate in communion. Does everybody have a communion uh, um, juice and bread? And if not, 
Uh, Frank, would you be willing, if there's anybody here who may have accidentally missed, see Frank. Anybody, if you ra just raise your hand. Okay, we got one in the back and in the front. <laughs> so Frank, oh, okay, he'll come back to you. So just go ahead and raise uh, your hand. Now, Bill and uh, Edwin, if you could please come up. The beautiful thing is that in Christ, we have salvation. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes to the Corinthians that, hey, let's look at this and see what it truly is meant to be. So I'd like to take a moment. Uh, Bill and Edwin, they're going to pray for the bread and the juice. And then from there, we'll, uh, we'll continue on with our, our service. You guys have? Okay. All right, so go ahead, uh, begin. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we come in your presence, and we are coming to celebrate the Holy Supper. We remember that you sent your Holy Son to seek and save us, and he paid our debt, suffering in the cross. Today we remember that the bread is symbol of his body that was crushed for us. Father, we ask your blessing upon this bread that we partake this morning. We ask this blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we pray this morning for the cup, which represents your blood, your precious blood, your unblemished blood, your perfect blood that didn't deserve to carry our sins, Lord. Lord, we just ask that uh, you help us remember the gift that's been given to us. Um, and we just ask that you help us to live our lives as we strive to be a little bit more like you, and a little bit more perfect and unblemished, we'll never get there. But we try to be more like you, Lord. Be with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we are about to take partake in these emblems, I think about the fact that, kind of going back to the scriptures that we just read, Jesus being the life, the Zoe. Here, his life, when we look at the cross, his life beaten and broken. We find accounts in the Gospels all talking about how they, that Jesus and the disciples came together. They shared a meal. And when the bread had been distributed, or Jesus, he took the bread, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 
by eating the bread and drinking of the juice, it represents Jesus, Jesus' life, death. And yet we also, if we look back in Scripture, Jesus also says, I'm not going to partake in this until I come again. And there's a promise of a future hope that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? But until that day, let us go forward with grace and courage. Now, I want to I make this practical. So I want you to take your three-by-five cards. What I would like to do now, we're going to do something I'd like to call Laura and Travis on to help out. <clears throat> what I would like you to do, don't come up all at once. Maybe let's kind of start from the front. And as of, if we can, let's do this by families or by couples. Um, I want you to come forward. I want you to place your three by five cards here in this box. And then I want you to take one of these. Please work. My Lord. <laughs> All right. That's why I have a backup to the backup. Take one of these, and I want you as a symbol for your family together today here on this Christmas. Come together, and I want you to light the candle as a reminder of the light that has come into this world and overcome the darkness. That as you leave, you may leave with courage and confidence that our God is a good God and has overcome the world. So let's start from the beginning, uh, maybe start from the front and just make your way. And by the way, this is optional, okay? We don't want to make you have to do this. If we can, though, let's move in to the middle. And then when you go back, go back uh, on the outside, okay? All right, so uh, Ben, would you just mind playing something in the background? All right. Go ahead, let's come on up. Travis, go ahead and just come back here. Yeah. Wipe the... Got it.
today, just so you're aware. I will take these cards, I will gather them, and I will burn them symbolically, and that it's going to the light, and that Jesus has your concerns, and will take care of them. Light. It's necessary for life and knowing where to go. May you be drawn to the light. May you seek the light. May you desire the light. May you be bathed in the light that you may have life. God, 2021. What a year. There's been tremendous growth. There's been tremendous challenges. And through it all, Lord, you have been with us. And so, Lord, while this is our final gathering as a church for this year, until we meet again next week, keep us safe. But as we head into 2022, Lord, open our eyes. Give us a yearning and a desire to know what you're calling us to in terms of for ministry, but also in our personal lives. I pray that you will bless this church, Lord. Bless its families. Comfort, guide, mold, shape us to be the disciples you have called us to be. And Lord, may we reflect you. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome community, Lord. I am so grateful and blessed for the people that I have the joy and opportunity to work with side by side. And Lord, it is our greatest desire that you be present and draw people here to this place that they may know who you are and have the same joy and desire that we've been able to experience and that they too as well will continue to share with others. So until that day that you come, Lord, we ask that the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Let us take one moment. I will have Ethan come up. He's going to share something and then he'll have the closing prayer. And before you take off, we have these candles here. If you would like to, as a family, come back and grab the, ta the, the candle that you lit or somewhere close by to it, <laughs> um, please feel free. These are can these, the, your candle is for you, so go ahead and take it, not only as a memorial and maybe during times of hardship or good, to thank the Lord, light this candle. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. I love you all. My wife sends her greetings as well. Thank you.